0: Welcome back to the Conclusion of the Matter Podcast. This is Ryan Weaver, and I'm with my co-host, Wren Ferguson and Robbie Santiago. Um, it's good to be back. Not that we've been gone a long time, but it's always good to be back with you guys and all our listeners um, who you know ask us to do certain things and um, certain topics, I should say. Um, I'm going to go old school and use the... Um, king james version for ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 today Mm -hmm. let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear god and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man for god shall bring every work into judgment whether with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil so um again thanks for tuning in but i'm going to go ahead and uh, kick it over to Wren and he can introduce today's topic
1: yeah, well as Ryan mentioned, glad that everybody is tuning back in. We are going to be doing a second part on the translations. I know I guess that was a a while ago with our little the little hiatus that we ended up taking, but uh, last time we looked at, I, I believe it was the King James, New King James, and ESV, if I remember correctly, those translations. So we're going to continue doing a very similar thing by looking at some other translations. And I guess y'all wanted to do this one because I read from that the liberal NLT last <laughs> week, and so. <laughs> I don't know. but uh, So we're going to be looking at a few others. We're going to be looking at the New Living Translation. Uh, I think uh, we have some things on the ASV, maybe the NASB, and possibly the NIV. Uh, We'll just see how how it goes. Uh, And so we'll start with the New Living Translation. Uh, One of the verses that is a great verse, anytime you look at a new translation. One verse that is great to look at that gives you an idea of, I guess, the theological leanings of whatever group uh, translated it is Psalm 51 and verse 5. Because in, I'll read it in the ESV and then I'll, I'll go over and I'll read it in the NLT as well. But in the ESV, it says, for, or verse five, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me." Now, that phraseology in and of itself has caused a lot of debate, particularly around the idea of inherited sin and things of that nature. Which we, I'm sure, can get into that more. But the way that the NLT translates that verse is, they just straight up say, "For I was born a sinner." yes from the moment my mother conceived me uh so that that at least indicates to me that the people that translated the nlt had some very i guess calvinistic leanings in their approach to scripture and there's a lot of passages that deal with that kind of idea i mean especially in the new testament thinking about you know ephesians chapter 1 especially i know as one of their core chapters that they go to where it talks about us being predestined before the foundation or having been chosen before the foundation of the world and, and large sections of the uh, book of Romans that deal with that kind of idea. And so here, this is of course in the context, I, I forgot to mention that in the context of Psalm 51, it's David writing and uh, there's always, I guess there's always been kind of speculation as to what exactly he meant by that, whether or not he meant that his mother uh, conceived. conceived him by committing sin, fornication, adultery, or what have you. Uh, the other thing that I've thought about is is perhaps he is using this uh, hyperbolically as an expression of how sinful he views himself much like Paul in First Timothy chapter one, where he calls himself the chief of sinners. Obviously, Paul was not the greatest sinner to have ever lived, or was the greatest sinner uh, at at the time that he wrote that to Timothy. But again, he's using that figuratively to describe how he viewed himself, and so possibly that's what David is doing here. But also, it's very possible. I mean, we don't we don't have everything recorded. It's possible that he was conceived uh, by some sort of of sinful act on behalf of either his mother or his father or whoever, it may have have been. Uh, but as far as as far as the the issue or idea of being born in sin, I think there's a number of passages that address that out the gate. Uh, one of them is Ezekiel 18 and verse 20, I believe it is, where we are told that the soul that sins it shall die. And the father should not bear the iniquity of the son, neither the son bear the iniquity of the father. Uh, so we see that just in that one one verse, and I think that idea is present throughout that chapter, that only the person that sins is going to be held accountable for that sin. Um, Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to the end of the chapter, is one of the main passages that Calvinists will go to to try to support this idea that we inherited Adam's sin. Uh but in the very first verse of that discussion, in verse 12, he talks about how death spread to all men because all sinned. So even in, in that one verse, it shows that, again, we're all only guilty for our own sin, and we are not born with sin. And so that's one thing, that's one of the main things, I think, about the NLT. Now, the other thing about the NLT, I, should, I probably should have mentioned this to begin with, is it is what is considered to be more of a dynamic translation, because if Mm -hmm. if y'all, I know y'all remember it, but if the listeners remember when we talked about this last time, there's a formal equivalent, dynamic equivalent, and then the Christian Standard Bible came up with their own own category and said that they were the best at it, so I don't really know. (laughs) know. Well, they
2: have
0: a pretty chart, though, I mean, so they're pretty convincing. So
1: it has to be true, (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) Must be the best Bible translation.
1: Yeah. Uh, but dynamic... Do you want, to, oh, do you want go ahead. to
0: read the definition we gave last time? Oh, yeah, for sure. That? Or go, go, ahead. You have no, go ahead. Did No, go ahead. It attempts to convey meaning of the text in free and idiomatic English without much regard for exact wording of the original. So it, it tries to convey the idea, and that's where people get into the, well, we're going to try to explain it to you, but we're going to explain it to you the way we right. think, think it means, right. what it means versus... Here's what the the words actually
1: say. Yeah, which is why in Psalm 51 and verse five we get that rendering. I was born a sinner because that was their their understanding, interpretation. their interpretation of it. And the same thing is true of if we look at it, the NIV. Yeah,
0: um, which I had that verse yeah. it's written a little differently, but yeah, it's same, same same concept. That's yeah. the, I when you said the one verse, I'm like, well, I know yeah. where he's headed already. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> well, and, yeah. and well, last
2: time we talked about the difference between word-for-word and thought-for-thought, but of course, some of your older translations, you know, King James, and then we may get into ASV later, they're generally more of a word-for-word, and so they're considered to, in some ways, be more accurate, but the thought-for-thought is kind of where, you know, translations like the NIV and NLT, um, even ESV, and some of your modern translations, they will sometimes, again, try to convey what the overall meaning of a certain verses or a certain thought, um, and then try to convey that. But that's where, uh, again, we touched on this last time, but if you're gonna use a thought-for-thought translation in particular, then it's good to make sure that you're, uh, it's not the only translation that you use, because again, it would be to some degree up to the translators and the publisher's perspective there on those things. Okay, anything else that you guys had on NLT?
1: Uh, one of the thing, oh, did you have something, Ryan?
0: No, I was just looking at a list of verses that, that I found that talks about how they have basically corrupted. Um, I don't have a chance to go over all of them, but I mean, I think this is where we just need, as we said last time, be cautious when we look at these, at these dynamic equivalents. Um, because, and, and that's where we need to compare it against the more formal equivalents to see if the idea that they're conveying actually follows the words
1: that we see in the formal equivalents. So that's really
0: all I would add.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other things really that I have, because I've I noticed if, if whatever translation you're using, whether it's digital or paper copy, if you want to get an idea of how they translated it, what their mindset was behind a translation, there's always the first few pages before you actually get into the actual biblical text, they usually will have some sort of explanation. And, I mean, one of the things that I appreciate about the NLT is that it converts like all of the old measurements Mm -hmm. into common measurements, and it even Mm -hmm. will convert like the... Jewish calendar into the like modern, what it would oh, really? be in our modern okay. calendar. And so some of those things are... kind of useful. Yeah, it's kind of useful. Uh, but then again, you still have to be wary because it does have its own pitfalls. And there are some things with the NLT that are true and with the NIV and the ASV and, that are true of the ESV as far as missing certain parts of verses and things like that. Yeah, and
0: I think you proved it last time or last week when you read from it. it sometimes it does... Clarify what it means. But, and so, same with NIV. I mean, look at all of them and it can help you to maybe get a better understanding. But if it sounds, if it doesn't match what you've been taught, then go back and maybe say, well, what in the world? And,
1: yeah. But, well, and that's the other thing, too. I would advise using a more formal equivalent as your main main, mm -hmm. Bible. And that's what you're used to, whether that be King James, New King James, ESV, ASV. And then, using some of those others as supplements every now and then, but exercise, as you were talking about, exercise some discretion in, mm-hmm. in that. Uh,
2: and even a lot of the things I found in NLT is kind of like in the individual word differences, those can somewhat be differences of opinion too, but mm-hmm. some of them I kind of was like, uh, I don't know that yeah. this is necessarily an error per se, but like, for example, some of the Old Testament Verses in Deuteronomy, First and Second Kings, instead of using the word sodomite, they use like temple prostitute or shrine, shrine prostitute. Yeah, so, so like technically, saying. yes, that's <laughs> yeah. accurate. Um, and they, I, my own personal opinion is that kind of conveys the same thing. Sodomites is just a little bit more generic, and there was obviously a lot more sinning going on in Sodom um, that was not only limited to shrine prostitution or whatever uh, context that's talking about. Um, and then like uh, in John three sixteen 16 verse, we all know the word begotten is left out. So that's, you know, that's an important thing, but also, um, you know, other translations will sometimes also leave right. that word out too. Right. Um, and so things like that, um, no matter if you're talking to NLT or NIV, there's going to be like minor things like that, that mm. again, it's just wise to use more than one translation for if, um, if it's something that doctrinally could be misconstrued another way. Um, And I wrote down several of these verses um, that some of your modern translations leave out. Some of these we touched on last time, but there's most commonly 16-ish verses that that, um, in in the modern translations they leave out, and there's some other ones that some of the modern translations leave out, or some of them may put them in brackets or things like that. Um, But matthew seventeen twenty one is one that they leave out a lot uh, matthew eighteen eleven matthew twenty three fourteen um and some of the more probably the most Signific- significantly omitted verses, in my opinion, is Acts eight thirty seven when the yeah. eunuch's confession is taken, or the end of Mark chapter sixteen, yeah. uh, the sev- last several verses, yeah, verses yeah, nine, nice nine through yeah 20, nine through the yeah. end, uh, are left out when Jesus <laughs> is given the the great commission. So yeah. again, these, these modern translations will leave these verses out, and then you know a collection of other ones um, didn't want to get repetitive there and list every single one of them, but um, you can find all of that on the internet or Mm -hmm. um, in books in different places. Uh, But those modern translations, such as the ESV, NIV, NLT, some of them, even New American Standard, will leave those verses out so... It would be wise to use King James, New King James,
1: ASV, yeah. some of the older translations. ASV
0: actually excludes Acts 837. That's though. true, too, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh,
1: well, and that goes back to what we talked about in our last one, yeah. which is the manuscripts that they were based off of, the Texas Receptus or the Westcott and Hort. And that all comes down to what they felt like had the most manuscript evidence. Um uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that kind of, you know, can yeah. really muddy the water. But the other thing that we pointed out, with the majority of those verses that were, quote-unquote, excluded, I haven't found one that really alters the meaning teaches, of the text. Or teaches something right? different yeah. Or teaches elsewhere. something different. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, y'all have anything else on NLT? Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all want to just go ahead and look at the NIV, since we're already yeah, kind of sure, on that sure, same, yeah. same vein. Mm-hmm. Um the NIV. Did you want to bring up Psalm fifty-one, verse five?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's written a little differently. It says, "Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful oh, yeah. from the time my mother conceived me." Yeah. So, written a little different, but same same concept there. That the original sin. Um, <clears throat> that's the one I typically go to in a new mm-hmm. in a new verse. Yeah. Like when Peyton had asked me about the um, college. Study Bible or whatever it is, um, Christian Study yeah, Bible. Yeah, Christian stuff. Why do I say college? But yeah, CSB. Because it's she was a, in college. Maybe when you that's asked why. Her. Yeah, um, it says the college? same thing. Yeah. So that that helps me get a guideline on on where where they're where they're thinking on verses to be careful of. But um, so. Um, It is also a very, um, it does say in its preface that they used a, it's a paraphrase, I don't know if that's a word or not, but they go to that paraphrase aspect and put their thought into it. So at least they admit to that um, Mm -hmm. versus trying to convince someone that they are a word for word translation because they are not. Um, Again, I have an NIV. Um, I look at it just Mm -hmm. to, again, just to get a comparison of things, Um, but that, and then I think... Romans chapter seven, verse eighteen, where Paul's talking about, you know, his internal struggle with what he shouldn't do, they change that to sinful nature instead of of the flesh. They Mm -hmm. do the
1: same thing in Galatians chapter five with instead of the works of the flesh, the acts of sinful nature or something like that. Yeah.
0: So while I um while our flesh is what causes us to do it and our desires and our and you know, as James said, we're we're pulled away by our own desires. The sinful nature I think is the aspect there that that's in question.
1: Yeah. Well, because I know a lot of people like I mean, even a lot of members of the church use that kind of vernacular. And I mean it is present in scripture, like Ephesians chapter two, he talks about uh by the our sinful nature, things of that nature. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but uh He talks about that there in that passage, but the word nature has a definition of something that by long habit has basically become second nature. And if you look at the context, I think it's Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3, when he talks about that sinful nature, in the context he's talking about our lives when we were living in sin and how that we were doing those things, they had become habits to us. And because of that, we were dead spiritually.
2: That it's easy to sin. Yeah. Uh,
1: another another thing with the NIV is in 1 Peter 3 and verse 21, the way baptism, that they yeah. uh, translate that, it seems like they translated it the way that they did to negate the necessity of baptism. Because the ESV, I'll read it and then I'll, I'll uh, read what uh, the NIV had. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of the dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, the phrase that's in question is the phrase, as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Because in our baptism, we are appealing to God uh, for that good conscience, for Him to cleanse us, for us for Him to purify us. Very similar to Acts 22 and verse 16 where we're calling upon him. We are appealing to him for that good conscience. Uh, But the NIV translates that uh, a pledge of a good conscience, which kind of gives the idea of, well, your conscience has already been cleansed and so you're doing this to show your commitment. You're doing this to show that you're going to live a good life uh, before God. But that cleansing, that good conscience has already been, been given to you. And so I thought that that was an interesting one of how, how they translate that to try to undermine what Peter is saying there in First Peter 3. I'd be interested to see. Even, well, I guess we can find
2: out what and the I, and, NLT and, says.
0: And the um, the other interesting thing, is, and I find it interesting, but so... When, the original was released i had two dates there was a 73 and a 78 i think it was a re- the official was 78 and then there was a minor revision in 84 and a major revision in in 2011. now what those revisions are i don't know um could some of it had been okay more okay yeah. in the 78 version so if you have it's that possible, yeah. it could read different if yeah. you have the 2011. so if if we're reading something here from a, a digital version that's the most recent one, and you look at yours and it doesn't match, it could yeah. be because of those revisions.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Um, to, well, I'll, I wanted to go back to First Peter 3 in the NLT just because I was curious. Yeah. Um, just for bringing it up, it says in verse 21 there, and that water is a picture of baptism which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. So kind of similar there. But um, one thing that I did find interesting, I don't know that, you know, it's anything wrong per se um but a lot of the 2011 stuff that was revised some of that included using more gender neutral words so taking away like words like man or father and things like that and using words like parent or person or you know one talking about when one does this or when one does that kind of Mm -hmm. thing instead of when he does this um, so verses, um, verses I put down here were Proverbs fifteen five, um, John fourteen twenty three, Romans four eight. Those would have been a few of the verses that. Included yeah. more gender-neutral um, Yeah. It was language. that
1: with the NLT you said?
2: Um, That was with the NIV, actually. The NLT Sorry, does the jumped. same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I read that, too. So not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. I guess they got more like woke or whatever, but um, I guess that's more of a political but it, it does discussion. Seem, than it a, does
1: come across as a push towards the egalitarian viewpoint. Uh, agreed, which yeah. Which is – that's a fancy word, but it's where as far as – roles in the church the idea that men and women can do the very same things like there's no distinction that women can preach women can be elders women can be deacons that's the egalitarian
2: right and you, it kind of gets into that in just a minute but i'll, I'll read proverbs 15 5 specifically yeah. just to give everybody an idea um in the niv proverbs 15:5 five, 5 says a fool spurns a parent's discipline but whoever heeds correction shows prudence and instead of parents, in some of your other translations, it would use the word spurns or disregards a father's discipline. Um, but another thing in the 2011 update in NIV uh, was in 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verses, verse 12. Um, in the NIV, it reads, I do not permit a woman to teach or assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. So that word assume was changed Um, in the 2011 update as well. And that same verse in the New King James says, and I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority. So that word have is changed to assume authority over a man. Um, So a lot of people will take that and say like, well, if... If the
1: elders give her this permission to do this, then it's okay because she's not assuming the authority. It's being given to her. Exactly,
2: yeah. So kind of similar again, for that egalitarian equality kind of argument that we were talking about um, with some of the gender-neutral language as well. Um, And I assume that it's kind of similar in the NLT. NLT says, I do not let a woman teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. So kind of the argument, as long as a man's not doing it, then women can, I, I suppose, is their idea there. But anyway, those were some of the updates that, Happened in 2011. I didn't research all of them, but I found those just, just made me go, hmm, not necessarily saying it's wrong, but just kind of interesting.
1: Well, do you have anything else in NLT and IV? I don't think so. Um, you know, I had
2: um, one more thing, I guess, that I'll bring up. Uh, in Ephesians 5 9, um, uh, still with the NIV here. Oh, wanted me to download one of the versions here. Uh, in Ephesians 5 9, In the the NIV, it says, uh, for the fruit of the light consist in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. So that word fruit of light is generally, has been translated fruit of the Spirit. Um, What are y'all's thoughts like, do you think? I get kind of the idea that, you know, it's kind of making the same point about being more Christ-like, but... What are y'all's thoughts about that word being changed to light instead of the traditional fruit of the spirit that we you know see in Galatians five and other places?
1: What was that verse reference? That again?
2: was Ephesians five nine, which other parts of Ephesians you know talk about us being children of light, and I assume that's a different um, a different Greek word there. I didn't, uh, I didn't in, research that yeah. specifically, but in in, in, in the, the EAS... NIV, it switches it.
1: In the ESV, it does say fruit of light in the word that they have there is phos, which means light. Uh, so that might be one of those. Which one was it that you said had spirit? For the Did it um, have spirit or what?
2: Traditionally, that word had been maybe New King James. Yes, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Let me
1: see, because I have the New King James with Strong's. Let me see which that, what that one says. The fruit of the spirit, and that one it is pneuma, which is what is typically translated as spirit. So that must just be a textual variant between the Texas Receptus and the Westcott yeah. and Hort.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and some of the other things that the NIV is kind of more of an opinion. It's kind of the words that Jesus is referred to, whether specifically as as the Christ or as you know the Word, you know things like that. Yeah. But um, those are kind of getting down in the weeds, but. <laughs> We can go on to the next translation.
1: Okay, y'all want to do ASV next? Fine with me. Sure. I, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, if y'all want to do New American Standard, that's fine. Because I read an article that called that the North American Center Bible. Really? <laughs> yes. I, I actually, I had, I,
2: I read something worse about the uh, the New Living Translation <laughs> that it was the translation from a particular place. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I, I, I mean, oh. we got time. I mean, I would say we try to hit both of them. Okay. Maybe. All right.
1: Oh. Uh, as far as the ASV goes, I know the ASV has a lot of the same things that we've already talked about, uh, with the ESV and other translations. And the same thing, I know we got into this more in the last episode, but the uh, as far as like the term sexual immorality and things of that nature, that's true with most of these translations that we're dealing with. I don't know I don't think that does the ASV ASV do says that? fornication, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure there in Matthew uh, nineteen nine. But one of the things that I noticed, because in researching this, I I read several different articles uh, about supposed errors in the ASV and things of that nature. And, you know, maybe some of them had some validity to them, but but most of the ones that were pointed out in a lot of the articles that I read were either the person writing the article didn't really understand what the verse was saying, or the difference that they were trying to point out was not actually any different. Uh, An example of that is Philippians 2 and verse 6, because uh, in the article that I read, this is what the ASV says here, who existing in the form of God counted not the being on an equality with God a thing to be grasped. And basically what the person in the article was saying is that the ASV was denying The deity of Christ, because what they understood, and I had never read this, I had never thought about this, and it was kind of hard to, I mean, I get what they're coming from, but it's kind of hard to conceptualize how they interpreted this, because they were saying the last part of that, being on equality with God, a thing to be grasped. And their interpretation of that was Christ didn't view equality with God even possible.
0: That's because they're using our our term of grasp, because I can't grasp that concept. Right,
1: right. But in reality, first of all, he's already said he counted being on equality. So he was, he existed in the form of God. How can you exist in the form of God and not be equal with God? I don't Mm -hmm. know. Maybe there's more to that. But the idea behind that verse is the fact, and I think even maybe some translations translate it this way, the idea of being clung, like clinging to something. Christ didn't view his equality with God something to be clung to, yeah, the whole, to the point the where he was unwilling to come to Earth for mm-hmm. us, because that's the, in the context that's his whole point, <clears throat> is that Christ had that humility. So I say that to say when we're engaging in these discussions about different translations and what we think are errors or not, we really need to be careful in making some sort of of judgment or condemnation. Upon a particular translation, make sure first of all you understand what it's actually saying.
0: Yeah,
2: I saw something similar um, with your point about the deity of Jesus in Colossians yep, one. That was, um, and I mean, it's you've really got to get down in the weeds to kind of bring this up, but um, particularly verse sixteen in the ASV, it says, "For in Him all things were created." In the heavens and upon the earth, things visible and things invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things have been created through him and unto him. Um, I won't read that whole verse again, but in the New King James, it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, and so on. So Instead of by. Instead of by. So it's like, does it really... You know, deny the deity of Jesus. Uh, All right, fine. And then verse 14, a couple verses earlier, um, this is another one that's like, well, you know, it conveys the same meaning. They could have included this to be a little bit more specific. Um, And it's, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference on how you interpret what the overall meaning of the verse is. But in verse 14, talking about Christ, in whom we have our redemption, the forgiveness of our sins... The New King James and some of your other translations will um, clarify that that redemption is through his blood. So, of course, you know, that is true, but also that's redemption is obviously right. through his blood. Yeah. Um, so if you understand what the word means, then that doesn't really change the, the meaning of that verse, and it doesn't deny the right. deity of Jesus either.
1: Right. And going back to verse 16, I was looking at that word in... That is some. Tra- well, it's, here it's translated in, as you mentioned, in other play- other translations. It's translated by, in both of the manuscripts that these were translated from. It's the same Greek word. It's just two different. It's the way that I view this is two different ways of saying same, the exact thing. same thing. Yeah. Synonymous.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's how. That's what the reasonable conclusion would be, though. Yeah.
0: I, the one passage The one one passage that um, in this book I referred to last time. The Bible translation controversy by Wayne Jackson. He calls out, um, Matthew 28, 1 in the ASV says, Now late on the Sabbath day, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, um, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to the sepulcher, or the, the, the tomb. And if we read it as now late on the Sabbath day, that would mean Christ was already resurrected, And if it's still on the Sabbath day, that would have meant he was resurrected on the Sabbath day. Whereas if you look at the King James, the ESV, most of them translate it after the Sabbath day. So he said this is one of the the places where, I mean, every version has something. And Mm -hmm. this one, I mean, obviously it says, as it begins to dawn, you know they're talking about after. But the way it reads, now late on the Sabbath day, is kind of confusing.
1: Yeah, it is. And there's also... The other thing, too, is there's a big difference between how Jews kept time and yeah. how the Romans kept time. Yep. Uh, and I'm not sure. Matthew, of course, writing to a Jewish audience, I'm not sure how much that may have played played into how and why he wrote what he wrote. There. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but, yeah. And, I mean, I know we don't have these translations, but there's a lot that translate. I mean, you were talking about – uh, was it Acts 20 and verse 7 that you were talking about? Yeah. Where it talks about yeah, that, that they came together version. on they Saturday? Changed it to Saturday, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I've heard and read that before. Uh, yeah,
2: another one that I had that I found interesting is First John 5, 7. In the ASV it says, And in the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. So it just refers to the Spirit, whereas some of your other translations will translate that. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What are y'all's thoughts on not including the whole Trinity there?
1: Well, to be honest with you, the ESV does not include that verse at all. That's That's true. Yeah, that's one of the,
2: I think, some Uh, of your other translations, even like NIV and NLT, will exclude that too.
1: And I would have to go back to see if I could find it in my notes, because I remember I studied that passage quite a bit. And if I remember correctly, that verse was only in a couple of manuscripts, which is why they didn't include it. When you think about the thousands upon thousands that we have, and this one phrase is only in a couple, I mean, granted, I know what the argument's going to be. It only has to be in one. I I get Mm -hmm. that. I, I understand that. But when you're putting together all the evidence, and the evidence is leaning towards, well, maybe this wasn't in the original uh, because the the theory behind that is that it was perhaps someone's i guess they didn't really have wide margins necessarily but it was like somebody wrote a note uh, in that portion of first john chapter five and then over time it began to be incorporated into the text itself Uh, so i i mean personally from what i have studied and again i would have to look at my notes. Uh, to get the exact information again. As far as textual evidence, it seems to support the idea that it was not in the original. But mm-hmm. does that mean that it wasn't in the original or not? You know, who can really say? It's up for interpretation.
2: Yeah. And this is kind of neither here nor there, but some of the surrounding verses also refer to God and Jesus as well, you know, outside of the verses that are excluded from the And there's plenty of right, other
0: yeah, passages where all talk three are about, mentioned yeah, yeah. the same, so again this is one of those that doesn't teach something different agreed
1: right okay you have anything <coughs> else on the asv
0: uh no just want to point out it is more of the formal um yeah. it is considered yep. by what i would say some to be the most word for word um i know several people that that think that but I, I can't vouch for that i just know that that's been said um but word for word i would say that it's a pretty good thing to go mm-hmm. to now I would put a plug in for one called the um, uh, Refreshed ASV, and this is one I Ren, I told you and Terry oh, yeah, about, and yeah. it doesn't change the text. What it does change is like the it the uh, like thou's and yeah thou's to to that more of the he his and and stuff like that, and and also the if I remember how the verbs are written cometh. Um, more of a comes, comes. Yeah. yeah, so which is, Terry, I know he had said he had started looking at it for his morning reading and was, if I remember right, enjoying it, so mm. I don't know if you took a look at it or not yeah. any more than what we talked no, about, but really. mm-hmm. I liked it because of that, but
1: yeah. anyway. Well, y'all want to move on to the NASB, NASB real quick? Yeah, I
0: actually, I actually like the NASB, man. Yeah, too. I didn't
1: really find a whole lot there. I mean, about it does it outside the same of thing the typical. That, yeah, the you know, typical
0: same thing that a lot the of them do. Um, the deity. one, the one, yeah. D- well, I'm talking Matthew 19:9, sexual immorality, which we've yeah. said is ESV and a lot yeah. of the the newer ones. Also, the ESV does this too, Matthew 5:17, where Jesus said um, he didn't come to destroy. The word there is, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, the word there is katalou, which is more to destroy. And it is translated abolished by NASB and ESV, where Christ said, I didn't come to abolish the law to fulfill it. But then Paul turns around in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15, and, and says that Christ did abolish the law. Yeah. So it's like, well, wait a second, who's wrong here? Well, right. when you look at the word, the word in Ephesians is kata catargeo, and I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that yeah, right. 100%. No. <laughs> um, it, it is more of the abolish. And if you look at, well, dam- it, it, destroy and abolish are two different things. Destroy is to de- damage beyond use or repair. You totally destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And abolish is to end a law or a custom or a practice. He did end the old law. Yeah. He didn't, like, destroy God's, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. So, I mean— that's where I think it's, again, the translation there causes some confusion because here it says he didn't come to abolish it, but Paul says right. he did abolish it. So. Well,
1: and that also goes into play with, I think, something that you've already point out, pointed out. Sometimes how we use those words, words in English yeah. today are not how they were used, of course, in the in the Greek especially because they were different words. But uh, and to your point, why did they decide to translate it that way knowing that that was the case? Yeah, I don't couldn't know. tell you.
2: Yeah, a lot of the criticism that I read about it was again the, kind of what we've already been touching on—that it excludes parts or whole yeah. sections yeah. of the Bible because again yeah, was the difference the in, the, yeah. uh, in the in the the manuscripts that they were using. So again, if you're going to argue that and call it the uh, New American Center Bible yeah, or what, was,
1: whatever, it was the North American North, Center Bible. <laughs> oh, <was> North American <laughs> yeah. Center
2: Bible. Well, um, yeah, I if probably you're,
0: look at it more than I do. I mean the ASV actually yeah. for comparison purposes. I, I like it, but yeah. I yeah. use ESV primarily, but yeah. Yeah, I, I like both Me of too. those
2: and New King James. Again, yeah. like yeah. not backing ourselves into a corner on any sure. of these. Yeah. And the thing I like about um NASB is that it still like provides a lot of accurate um translation word for word, but still like in a you know kind of like balancing the ESV almost in there where it's mm-hmm. like not in layman's yeah. terms per se, but it's very easy to right. you know read and understand. But they don't get into a lot of the you know doctrinal insinuations that some of the other translations do. And yeah. even another thing that they generally do with the omitted verses is they still include them; they just have them in brackets instead of leaving yeah. them completely out. Yeah. Um, and they did an update in 2020. Yeah. I didn't know if you guys were going to touch I, on that. I, I
0: was, and the one thing that I noticed on their on their webpage was something about those verses. They said most of them they have moved to footnotes, but some of them yeah. they have left in place with the brackets. Oh, okay. So that was the 1995
2: that I was yeah. referring to that they have had them still in brackets. So if you're super some modern... Some of them are
0: still there because when I looked at the, yeah. at least electronic, the the Mark chapter 16 was still in brackets. That was yeah. the one I would ask about, so, yeah. Um, well, and I think they left... I, they yeah. say most of them they've moved, but there are some that they said they left in yeah. place.
1: And that's what the ESV does. It puts them in footnotes except for the one that's in was it mark 8 or the woman caught in adultery oh, yeah. they leave that one in brackets but then they have a footnote, footnote. saying that it wasn't in yeah. Most, yeah uh the first john 5 one though or five six seven, that six, one seven, 8 yep they don't even have a footnote for that one like they do not acknowledge that one at all interesting
2: well given that there's two yeah two uh instances yeah, you can understand why I suppose. But, but
0: uh, now you brought that up is like keep in mind, and we mentioned this last time. The ESV's had a couple of updates, right. as we mentioned. The NIV's had some updates. The NASB's had some updates. So you may read, you may have a yeah. like the the NASB nineteen seventy seven versus ninety five versus twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, you may see something different. But mm-hmm. and some of them are probably improvements, mm-hmm. and I can't promise all of them are. So yeah. that's the yeah. But anyway, I don't think we're here to say. I, well, I'm not. I don't know about these two guys, but I'm not here to say that y- y- one's one's number one, one's number. I'm not no. ranking these in order. Mm-hmm. I know what I use. I know yeah. what I'm comfortable with. Um, but I have used all of these at at one point in time, except for the NLT. Never have looked well, at you it. I use but the I'm,
1: NIV yeah
0: i know that's that's what I'm the saying. og
1: liberal one
0: <laughs> It it <laughs> is but i'm just saying out of all we've yeah, talked about that's yeah. the only one so i have used all of them so yeah. i don't think it's wrong to use them at no. all
1: but i would still advise uh lean oh. more towards the formal, formal equivalent equivalents yeah because my my view on it is tell me what they wrote and then let me make think up my it. own mind yeah. about it
2: mm-hmm. agreed yeah and do your research and know a little bit about the background and the translation philosophy and things yeah. like that to yeah. know again whether it's a thought for thought or a word for word translation. Just how um, how the translators worked on that particular yeah. translation. Yeah. So you know, um, I know a lot of the more popular translations today. I think NIV is probably number one. I assume in terms of how many people use it. But
1: I think I read something that C S V might have that the NIV. Which this might have just been a comparison between the NIV and the King James. But I think the NIV outsells the King James 2 to 1. Mm. I read somewhere. Interesting.
2: I could see that. Well, and King James is kind of already, you know, at least in yeah. our generation, kind of been replaced by the new King James for the most yeah. part anyway. Yeah. And to a degree, the same thing for NASB, for ASV yeah. yeah. to a degree too. Um, but again... Use use a variety of translations. Know the background of each, and then um, just be smart in studying each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially those that are thought for thought. Just making sure that um, that the thoughts that they're trying to convey are the accurate thoughts of the writers of the Bible, and not just opinions of quote unquote modern day enlightened
1: ones. Yeah. So, well, y'all have anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we thank y'all again for uh, tuning in. If y'all have any. Uh, questions or comments, or have any other topics or translations that you'd like for us to look at? You can email us at the conclusion of the matter at yahoo.com. Never got to the
2: pirate one that we were joking oh, about yeah, last week. Oh yeah, the pirate one. And I and forgot the about that one? one. Oh, the Hawaiian Pigeon Bible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or like the Jamaican uh, that's edition. That's
1: the one that we were kind of like, yeah, that might come kind of come across <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs>
2: there's there's a lot of those. Um, we'll call them uninspired translations. <laughs> yes, they're. Um, they're interesting.
1: Oh, there's definitely some of those. Uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do an episode on some of those ones. I don't know. I doubt it, <laughs> but
2: it would be entertaining. But we'll see.
1: Uh, but if y'all have any other questions, uh the conclusion of the matter yahoo.com or you can text us, call us, talk to us in person what what have you, but uh, if y'all have any of those suggestions or questions about anything else, uh, feel free to let us know and we'll make sure to to cover it in an episode. Uh, But for now, I guess we can say that that is the conclusion conclusion of the matter.